Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. Today's guest is Michael Tassin. He is an Urbana High School junior. Good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon. First of all, as a former Echo writer, let me say how honored I am to have attended the same high school as you. You restore my faith. What year are you and what is next for you? I'm a junior. I try to organize what I want to do into just three real categories, which is like music, which is what I'm going to major in in college, music composition, and activism, which I just feel obligated to do. It's like my responsibility as a person who exists on this earth and just like having a roof over my head. So just finding a balance between those three things is really the very broad plan that I have. That's an excellent plan. Now, when you wrote your editorial about Urbana High School's discipline policy and the portrayal of it in the media, when did you realize how much attention your work had achieved? So getting attention was really kind of the point. Well, okay, it was it was one of the points. The other point was just, I, I read the article a couple of weeks after it had been published, and it just really made me angry. Because there are serious flaws in Urbana, and it, it's kind of addressed in passing in the article. One of those flaws is that we don't go far enough in restorative justice, and it really exists like primarily in name. So for the News Gazette, which is like ostensibly a reliable organization that won't just flat out lie, to say that the reason for the school's issues is because of restorative justice just really upset me. So I had to respond to that. Okay. Your editorial was written, as you just said, as a reaction to the editorial And here's your quote. The editorial board likened the school to a prison and a war zone and called the district's discipline issues a, quote, plague. What did you understand that rhetoric to mean? It really has a long history in, you know, in America of that kind of language and how we're seeing it right now in terms of it being used uh, like to racist ends is like at the border, you know, with, with the border security describing immigrants as being a plague or illegal immigration as being a plague and that kind of stuff. Like prisons at this point are already deeply tied to racism in the United States. The war on drugs really existed for the explicit purpose, exists for the explicit purpose of imprisoning black people. So that kind of language has been around for a long time. And I think when it's used for the most part, it's really hard to be too stupid to know what you're doing there. The language you use, here's another quote, The evocative language may even be reflective of racist sentiments that have haunted the News Gazette for decades. You haven't been alive for even two decades. How do you know these things about it? In researching this article, one of the things that was most helpful for me actually was this article from the public eye. And specifically, one quote that's partially included in the article, where the the CEO at the time, I think it was an article from 1991, just writes that David Duke had touched the pulse of the nation. So that, it it connects directly to where we are now. And it's really an unbroken chain there. So I haven't experienced it personally, but I know of what has been going on for a while. The News Gazette's editorial, you say, their claim is that Urbana High School's shift towards restorative justice caused the violence on February 4th. Can you go back and explain exactly what restorative justice is? Restorative justice, in broad terms, is just the idea that people should not be condemned as a whole for specific mistakes that they make. It's based on the principle 
that you're going to come across very few truly fundamentally evil people. And most of the bad things that people do happen as a result of flaws that can be fixed. And addressing those on an institutional level instead of just responding with the primal urge to see someone else suffer because of what they did is the foundation of restorative justice. Last month's fight was linked to a shooting of a 14-year-old Urbana student last summer. Your article was the first time I realized that. Why do you suppose the local media never gave the whole story? Part of it is I don't think they were aware. The local media, and especially the News Gazette, is very monopolized by like white upper-middle-class people. And the first time I found out about it, because I'm like a white middle-class guy too, the first time I found out about it was at the February 5th school board meeting. I went there to speak to the board about what had happened the previous day, and all of the black community members who spoke were already aware of what had happened and the cause for the fight. And none of the white community members were. So I think that kind of divide, yeah, that that like social segregation is a lot of where that comes from. And part of it is also just they have an agenda. They don't like the idea of justice being based on anything more than a punitive model. So when that's implemented and that happens to be in place at the same time as something bad happening, then they they go for that. That's what has to be blamed. Well, you said recent examples of racism at the Gazette have been subtler, though no less present. Those are your words. One example is retiring Chief Illini Wick from use at sporting events. Do you think the paper publishes this type of story because they have a slanted bias or because simply it makes a better story, sells papers? The conservative bias at the News Gazette and the, the racist bias, but I feel like that kind of... They go hand in hand. That bias at the News Gazette is pretty well known among the community. You have to be in deep denial to not realize that that's the case. The people who are attracted to work at the News Gazette, and especially the people who have been there for a long time, tend to be more conservative and tend to share the views that they know are already consistent with the paper. You have this organization with a well-known culture of conservatism and racism, and that's going to, to perpetuate itself. And... Obviously, part of it is the bottom line. You know, they tap into the racist pulse of the community. Now, only the fights and the discipline policies get media attention for UHS, but kids come out of Urbana and do amazing things. Tell me about some of the amazing things you do and that some of your fellow students at UHS do. At the beginning of the year, I wasn't really involved in in all the issues that were going on because there have been more fights this year. And that's not something they get wrong factually, because there has been a change. And the school is more dangerous than it has been in the past. They're, they're wrong about the sensationalization of it, and they're wrong about the causes. But it's still there. But those weren't problems that tended to affect me directly, so I wasn't very involved right away. But what I was really shocked by is that the entire school, really, the entire student body responded so maturely, I guess. So they really showed how deeply they cared about the school. I thought it would be more of a self-centered response when uh, we were seeing like two dozen fights in two weeks at the start of the school or more than that. I thought it would be just like people taking care of themselves, but it wasn't. Like people were upset at the school. And, you know, I was really the one who was the outlier at that point. And that just kind of general attitude that people have 
of this is our school, we need to protect it, the people here matter, is really the thing that I think has impressed me most about Urbana. You came from a private school background. What would you say just instinctively is the best thing about public school now that you're back? Genuineness, honestly. I wasn't able to form any like lasting relationships with the people at a next generation. And I think a lot of that is just you're not really entrained when you're like from an upper class family. You don't have to learn to empathize with people as well. And it takes longer, at least, to learn that. And I think that the greater emotional intelligence that Urbana kids had and the compassion there instead of the apathy that I was getting from Next Generation is really probably the best thing. Your self-awareness astounds me, by the way. One of the things that you brought attention to is that there was a call to end, quote, chaos and begin, quote, maintaining order. This is part of a long tradition of authoritarian approaches to discipline, you say, for black people. What do you think should be the next steps towards fixing the discipline issue? As I mentioned, I really don't think the district has gone far enough in restorative justice. And it's mentioned in the article that there are so many examples out there of restorative justice working not just to, to repair people and to protect people from like inordinate punishments, but to, to keep people safer. And I think imitating some of these programs rather than going with a basic model with some minor changes would, would be the best step forward. So I think increased restorative justice. And also I think increased student voice in the school is very important because in, in the culture that we live in, violence is a form of self-expression. For a lot of people, it's the natural response to a feeling of powerlessness. And when that can be resolved in a healthy way, like activism, like sports or music or, or some kind of art form, then that's it's fine. You know, it's an impulse that you take care of. But when there's not the infrastructure in place for that, like when the school has been telling us all year, don't worry about this, this isn't your problem, we'll take care of it. And just working really as as like a private club rather than an institution that belongs to the community collectively. That, I think, is a big part of why people, of the change that's gone on this year in terms of violence in the school, is people know they aren't valued and they lash out. So I think uh, increased student government, some kind of unionization, using the echo for, for serious journalism I, I think all of those things could be an excellent outlet for that kind of impulse. Okay, let me ask you this in another way then. My age group never had active shooter drills. Does that worry you more, somebody walking in and shooting up a school than being caught in the middle of a fight? As I mentioned, I'm not really directly affected by these things. Part of it is, like, I'm a middle-class white kid, again. And as a result, I don't have to deal with these problems as much. I mean... The, the fights are a lot more present, I think. There was actually a walkout last year as, as part of the, the March for Our Lives movement. And it was, I think in general, it has been approached by most students in the school, the issue of like gun violence and school shootings, as, as a very distant political thing, rather than you know, a, a march for our lives. So I don't think there is a general fear of 
like any day someone could just like come and shoot up the school. And that is obviously something that would be scary if it were to happen, but it hasn't really been a primary concern for me. In your essay, you said, until there is a substantial cultural change at the newspaper, the community has a responsibility to consistently and thoroughly rebuke the paper's racism. How can an average citizen of this county, of this city, do that? The News Gazette, when you read it online, after you read enough articles, there's this thing that pops up like, okay, you've had your five premium articles for the month, now go away or give us money, right? That's like their, that's their thing. So the simplest way would just be to not support them financially. And that would be a a great way to pressure the News Gazette into making some actual changes, like having some kind of organized boycott. But really speaking out and just like building awareness, this is not an organization that cares about ethics. It's not an organization that cares about uh, you know, being sensitive to the struggles of people who are not like them, i.e. white. And it's not an organization that really cares about people. So I think the the first step, really, is making sure that everyone in the community is aware of those facts. Michael, you give me faith. You can't even vote yet, though. You've gotten the attention of a lot of people that graduated from Urbana and this community now you have our attention. We look to you to tell us, what can we do next? What would you, the youth of America, like to see my generation do? I would say vote, and definitely vote in the municipal elections, because your vote is most important then. Because on the presidential level, on like the Senate level, on the, in any federal level, really, except maybe the House election, your vote does not matter. And voting is the least important thing you can do to be an activist. And your vote does matter at this scale, just just because there are fewer votes. So definitely voting in those to, to try to uh, just improve the local institutions we have here. Uh, like I said, speaking out. I think the hardest step, the step of addressing social issues that people have the hardest time with is really acknowledging them in the first place because that scares people the idea that what we have right now is not perfect is really upsetting to a lot of people and speaking out helps to resolve that because like that doesn't mean people who are like community leaders or people who are deeply involved in some organization and or like our actual journalists are the only ones who are able to speak out because like no one reads the echo we want to now though yeah which is really cool. But you use whatever resources you have. Even just talking to people to spread the message of just improving the community. I want to be Michael Tassin when I grow up. Thank you so much for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. Michael Tassin, Urbana High School Junior, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you.